0: This is Jonathan Armstrong here with uh, Eric Sinrod. I'm from uh, Cordray in the UK. Eric's from uh, Dwayne Morris in San Francisco. And we're here with your regular Tech Law 10 update, 10 minutes on the critical technology law issues of the day. And Eric, you, you think you're the Wizard of Oz today. Did I get that right? <laughs>
1: Yes, this is Eric Sinrad in a foggy San Francisco. And I'm not too embarrassed to say that once upon a time when I was a child, I actually was the Tin Man in the uh, school play of The Wizard of Oz. But I do recall vividly Dorothy saying... I'd like to
0: sound more surprised, Eric. I feel I should be trying to sound more surprised, but go on.
1: <laughs> well, you'll remember the Tin Man actually was the one who had the most heart, even though he thought he didn't have a heart. So yeah, that, that, was, that, that was and is me. But Dorothy, you know, led the chant, Lions and tigers and bears, oh, my. Lions and tigers and bears, oh, my. Bears, oh, my. And in my most recent blog, uh, I began by saying, thumb drives, keyboards, and mice, oh, my. Mm-hmm. Why, did I, why did I do that, Jonathan? Because it seems there's somebody out there who at least thinks that these USB devices now may be the latest lions, tigers, and bears to fear in our high-tech world. So what am I talking about? Uh, in a recent Reuters article, uh, it it's stated that such USB devices poss- possibly can be compromised uh, to hack into personal computers in a previously unknown form of attack that supposedly can sidestep current security precautions. So who are we talking about? Um, Reuters was referring to a gentleman by the name of Karsten K-A-R-S-T-E-N Nohl, N-O-H-L, who is a chief scientist at SR Labs in Berlin. In Berlin. And he apparently has stated, according to Reuters, that hackers potentially can load software onto very small and inexpensive chips that control the functions of USB devices, but which presently do not have what he calls built-in shields that would prevent tampering with the device's opera, excuse me operative code. Knowles states mm-hmm. that one, quote, cannot tell where the virus came from, close quote, and he adds that it is almost, actually I should say, quote, almost like a magic trick, close quote. Uh Knowles firm has tested this out by writing malicious code onto USB control trips chips used in thumb drives and smartphones to perform the attacks. Apparently when a compromised USB device then is attached to a computer, the malicious software can cause all kinds of mischief, Jonathan, like monitoring communications, deleting data, and logging keystrokes. And plainly, if that is the case, that is not a good thing. And once a computer has become infected, Noel believes that it could be programmed to infect other USB devices that later are attached to the computer, which devices then would infect even subsequent computers into which they attach. And quite problematical, Jonathan, is Knowles' claim that computers do not detect the infections when the compromised devices are inserted because current antivirus programs do not scan what's called firmware that controls the functioning of the devices. Instead, Mm -hmm. they scan only for software written onto memory. Now, this part I've got to make very clear. It appears to me to be pure speculation. But Noel has speculated that intelligence agencies like the NSA may be launching these types of attacks already. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't see any support for that, and I'm not sure he has any, but he, he put that out there. So you know, the question is, is this a real and present USB danger, or is Noel really a lone voice in the wilderness on this? And, you know, for me, you know, hopefully this problem is not real and will not materialize, but if it does or if it is about to launch, again, hopefully efforts will be made to erect adequate security protections. So that all that being said, this is sort of a different type of Wizard of Oz scenario. Um, what are your thoughts over there, Jonathan?
0: Well, I think um, I think he's right, and I would say, following your theme, Eric, because, 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 see what I did there? Um, I, 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 think I, I think I've think i seen this in the wild. Um, I can remember, I, I'm going to mask uh, some of the circumstances, but I've seen an instance where a colleague asked me to think if there was a theoretical possibility that the court pleadings he was sending his client were being looked at somebody else and I spoke to the CEO of the client and basically asked him what his travel plans had been and he'd been to a country which um, is a risk and he'd visited somebody who was loyal to the people he was suing and he would tried to connect to the Wi-Fi um, in that particular location and hadn't managed it, and had called a, I mean, the, the story gets worse, he would called a tech support guy, uh, again from an organization associated with the people he was suing, who put a USB into the side of his laptop, and said, this will fix it for you, this will get you onto the network, uh, leave it for 10 minutes, reboot the machine with the USB in, et cetera, et cetera. And then lo and behold, from that point on, the lawyers on the other side seem to know the pleadings before they're filed in this litigation. So I think that the ability for people to compromise uh, devices through a USB, my understanding from the people I talked to then, was, was quite well known. And I think it's a fairly high risk, A, because a lot of us pick up um, thumb drives and things at business events or conferences. For free, and use them, and B because a lot of neat gadgets that people give us use the USB, uh, use the USB port. you know I have um, for example, uh, in all of all of these devices I've tried to check, but, um, but I know at my home computer, and I stress not one that has work data, I have a sort of a neat little portable pocket sized mouse. Um, I have a, a a battery pack type device that I can recharge through my USB that will recharge a BlackBerry or a mobile device. I have some speakers that connect to an ISB that were given me by a grateful client. I have um, I even have a hand warmer uh, for when I've been up working up in Canada in the uh, In the cold, and the the hand warmer plugs into my USB, recharges it, and when I take a break out of the office, in if I'm in Canada, uh, I set it inside my gloves, and it and it gives me warmth in the end of my fingers. So I suspect a lot of us have a whole load of devices that we've been given or that we've bought uh, in strange places that connect into USB ports, and and I think. And what do I know? There's more than a theoretical risk that uh, virtual poison, if you like, can get off any one of those devices and, and onto a corporate network, particularly one that's not monitoring if, what the researchers are saying, if it's not monitoring anything other than what look like simple Word or PowerPoint files on the uh, on the device and anything that looks firmware-related isn't being checked. So I suppose I'm in the um, the sky is falling in camp here. Um, I think the picture isn't, again, to use your Wizard of Oz analogy, the picture isn't black and white, but I think it's in varying shades of color. And I think we probably need to take these risks more seriously.
1: Follow the USB road, follow the (laughs) USB road. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and unfortunately, it might not take us back to no place like home like Kansas. It might not be a pretty picture. So this has been your weekly Tech Block 10. Uh, you know, I think what Jonathan might be echoing, which came from Kirsten Knoll, is be afraid, be very afraid. And hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this won't become a tremendous problem. And hopefully there's some remedies. I guess maybe in conclusion, Um, And I know we're running up against our time, but do you have any thoughts, Jonathan, in terms of remediating this problem?
0: I think the first step must be ask somebody better qualified than the two of us in current threats. Um, You have to do that risk assessment. If if the uh, data that's on your network includes uh, data on uh, European citizens, then as part of your PIA, as the regulators are calling it, privacy impact assessment, you should look at the threat from USBs. So I think for many businesses, uh, this report, uh, now that it's public knowledge, maybe gives them another task, and they are going to have to look at whether this risk is real or theoretical. And if it's real, take steps to prevent it, you know, modify virus scanning softwares, um, introduce a policy that uh, USBs, uh, devices can only be introduced via USBs, by uh, certain people authorizing them, which I know many corporations have a policy like that in place at the moment. But I think it's definitely a risk, and, um, and we'd also be really grateful, I think, for people either tweeting back to us, using LinkedIn, emailing us, to tell us if we're being paranoid or if they think it's a risk, too.
1: Well said. Well, this has been your weekly Tech Law 10. We hope you'll join uh, us next week and you'll be off to see the Wizards of Tech Law 10 once again. Uh, that's myself, Eric Sinrod, EJ Sinrod at DwayneMorris.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., as Jonathan uh, mentioned. And Jonathan, why don't you uh, take us down the Yellowbrick road to finish up?
0: I, I will do. Thanks. So, um, so my details in toto are uh, <laughs> Jonathan.Armstrong at CaudryCompliance.com. Uh, You can connect with us on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm at ArmstrongJP there. And we look forward to speaking to you again in a week or so. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye now. Cheers.